0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rugby Talks. So finally back after God knows how long. Jacob, mate, how are we?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, we're as good as it gets. Uh, coming off uh, Cowboys buying a win up until before here, and then uh, obviously the Queensland win, which is what we're going to talk about with state of origin. So really excited to get into that.
0: Yeah, well, unlike you, I didn't have a tremendous weekend. Uh, Jad Croker's three hundred. Ended in um yes a bit depressing manner. So yeah, um oh wow, well. a
1: good team the Warriors. They're they're a good team.
0: They have certainly gotten a lot better over the course of this year. They're the second best defensive team actually. So yeah, three um, men in the
1: tackles every time.
0: Andrew Webster, mate, it's coaches doing coaches. He's amazing. Yeah,
1: he's amazing. Just the small details, too, like the attacking shapes, but also small things like uh, Adam Fanour Blake. He will like adjust the line that he runs for them to try and bring in the half in that tackle, so that sets up their ability to go short side if they wanted to. Um, something Broncos do a lot with Haas, too, because they like to play short sides with Ezra Man,
0: they do, but. So, we're here to talk about Origin Game Two, aren't we? So we are. How good? Well,
1: how good?
0: Last year we became mad scientists with uh, Greg Marju. I <laughs> uh, can't do that this year because we now know he's a New Zealander. So whoopsie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and also, he has been dropped from the Knights for apparently missing a team bus. So, if we pick Greg Marju, there's not exactly a guarantee he's going to make it to the game on time.
0: How the fuck does that happen? Like, honestly?
1: I don't know. I, I just... I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> it happens. I mean, I've heard some bizarre stories coming around from footy clubs with, like, <laughs> reasons players have gotten dropped. Like, apparently, the reason that uh, Clemmer got dropped from Origin was because uh, Freddie wanted him to pass the ball more. Something I've heard, which is oh. so funny. Cause he's a prop. So...
0: No, Shocker, fuck me. He wants ball playing forwards. (laughs) Fucking hell.
1: And obviously, Clemmer was not too happy with that, which is why, despite being one of the best props on the compass yet, not just for run metres, but for his play-the-ball speed and everything too, despite all that, he is not going to play Origin again. Which is just really funny.
0: How dare a prop do what the fucking prop is supposed to do? Oh, my God. (laughs) Um,
1: It explains why they chose Barlow, because he is... He is probably a man that passes more than he runs at Clubland.
0: Honestly, probably. Um, let's let's uh, talk about the ins and the outs first of all. Mm. Um, first off, we have the Queensland ins. We've got Brimo, Nanai, Corey, Corey Horsborough Xavier Coates, and Morafalo Raker.
1: Nanay,
0: no, no, do, And Nanay, yes. Um yes. Bit, I, I'm liking some of these, but let's go to the Queensland outs. Arrow, Cobbo, Gilbert, and Tommy One-Night-Dearden and Christian Walsh.
1: He's one eye now, too.
0: Yes, fuck. That may, he'll be a uh, one leg Dearden soon enough.
1: <laughs> so he's going to be passing like spirals with his left hand in a minute, so...
0: Oh, that poor lad. Not,
1: not promising. Oh, poor lad. He's, he's a tough kid. He is. Uh, yeah, those inns. Jeez, I, I really like those inns. Well, except for one of them.
0: Yeah, we'll get into that soon, because I want to discuss that. Moving on to New South Wales, we have the inns. Cookie, troll Mitt, Moses, Robbo, Stefano. A lot. A lot, yeah. a
1: lot. Completely different team.
0: Well, Stefano was in the extended, but he's now brought, been brought into the 14. Uh, the Queen, New mm. South Wales outs. Apikos, our Matt Burton, Cleary, Hines, to Vita Pangai Jr. I think we can put a big red circle on one of those names and be like, what the fuck? And let's get into it right now. Moses versus Hines.
1: Jeez, that's... um. Look, based on what I've heard from Hines, so we we have to go back to Game On to try and get a good picture of this. So he's selected to make his Origin debut off the bench. Um, now Hines, he he's got some utility value. He's played utility before for Melbourne, but in an Origin game, what they've done with him is they've thrown him on for the last twelve minutes to play in the centres, where he is. I don't think he's ever started the game in the centres, and if he's done it it would have been in the Melbourne system for a long time ago. But not only that, he
0: he came on because of a HIA.
1: Yeah, so it was clearly not like a planned thing. So in terms of origin coaching, having a guy on the bench with zero plan as to how they're bringing him on is like, that is very puzzling. But what's even worse is that the result of this, Nicholas Hines, someone with... Uh, who has spoken a lot about their own mental struggles, has kind of blamed himself for this loss and he's taken it pretty hard um, from what I've heard. So then you've then got his club performance, which wasn't really that great, but it also was against a pretty dominant Melbourne side. So because of that, and I was just dunked on the Bulldogs, as many teams kind of have done because it's, with off. their injuries, it's, it's... Well, yeah, just with their injuries. Like, it's not even a knock on what's happening there. It's just the fact that that team gelling together is really hard because they've got a completely different lineup every week. Um Like, obviously, full credit to Mitch Moses. He's a fantastic player in everything. Uh I do think that he actually is the right man they've chosen because putting Hines out there after what they did in the first game, like, it's... You're damned if you do, damned if you don't, if that makes sense, right? Like... You throw Hines in, it's, oh, well, you're throwing him in after he's had a bad game in club lands and isn't playing like himself. But if you don't yeah. put him in, then it's like, okay, so you're just going to drop after game and be done with it. Well, but that's the so, stat
0: now. It's like Freddie has now dropped nine players after one game in his career as a, yeah. a, a coach. I, I think it's a bit unfortunate that does happen. Is that Freddie just yeah. playing mind games or is that just Freddy like freaking the fuck out saying I just lost a game I can blame these players
1: I think I think it's a common one but what makes it even worse though is that like they've given away TPJ whose biggest crime was throwing a singular bat offload um which like bringing in Stefano I rate that because I actually think Stefano is a fantastic player he's done great things at the West Tigers He's in terms of pure play style probably as close as you can get to Payne Haas. Obviously, he's not at that level of effectiveness yet. Uh, he's been hampered by injury for a few seasons, but he's a brilliant player, gold class. But um, the fact that Hudson Young is still there too, like that
0: shocked me. That shocked me a lot. That
1: kind of shocked me too. I kind of thought Hudson scapegoated the same way that Hines and TBJ would, but apparently not. Um. I mean, it's, it's good to see him get a second shot. But honestly, I thought if anything was going to stay the same, it would have been TPJ at least. Because then again, when he got picked, it kind of did come across as like one of those players that was going to have one game and then not play again. And that's got nothing to do with TPJ's own ability. It's just the circumstances under which he was picked. Because he did not have many club games under at that point.
0: Yeah, and that's what also shocked me. But going back to the Moses Hines, I, I'm i in disbelief that you somehow don't have a plan for the Dalian player of the year, especially when hmm, he's year 14. Yeah. Uh, his plan was to play hooker if Appy wasn't going good. So Appy was going good, <laughs> and it, there was just it's no so plan. Laughable. That is a very contextual fucking plan, Fittler. Like, honestly. Like, it's... It's Mediocre of Fitler In my opinion because I, I don't yeah. see A reason To not have a plan for Heinz. He could be your 13 Once Yo comes off Because he can ball play through the middle He played a little bit of that role at Storm as you said While he hasn't played that in a number of years Now He's still a great ball runner And a ball player To he then He not To then knock some bloke's poor confidence after his mental health issues is just demanding. Also, I don't blame... If I was a New South Wales fan, I wouldn't be blaming Hines for missing that tackle Mm. on Munster. I'd actually be blaming it on Cleary, because Cleary missed his mark. You can actually see it in that video that Nine released, that little music video. You can just see Cleary backtracking, and then his facial expression changes dramatically, is he realized he's fucked up and now he has to either jam in or let Munster pass and then try and get Hanger Hammer uh, up on the inside, which neither of that happens because then he is actually forced to try and tackle him, and Heinz has gone, Oh shit, clearly he's gonna miss it and has drawn in and has been drawn in by Munster.
1: Yeah, well no, that is that is a pretty big point too. Um because I think obviously in that position would have wanted wide, but even then, it was still clear he's meant to be, and he kind of did sit there back for a bit. And it's like another thing so, who was Hines missed a tackle on? It's Cameron Munster. Now, if you were to make a giant list of people from the blue side who had missed tackles on Cameron Munster in their lifetime, I can guarantee that they were not dropped the game after. Because the truth is that, like, everyone in the NRL has had their ankles broken by Cameron Munster at least once. Like, that is God, Jesus Christ, the man, the Holy Spirit himself, put Cameron Munster on this earth to make professional football players look like idiots with two left feet.
0: And that's the thing. Fittler has come out previously as a colour commentator on online saying... Cameron is probably the best 5-8 in the game right now. He has that spark yep. of Lockyer. Fiddler knows Munster's capabilities. Was Were they shown in this match? God, no. I think he was pretty absent, and I think people would agree with me. He wasn't...
1: I thought he had two very good plays. Yeah. Well, he so, had two... so, like, those plays, one of them was the kick to hammer. Which, just briefly, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but watch how they designed that play. They have Grant with the long pass to take Tedesco out of it because he's plugging the short side. So then you have Munster put the grubber into Hammer and it's too much space so Teddy can't catch him. Beautiful play design from Billy. Um, but yeah, I thought Munster did all right. But like he said, not his best purely because yeah. of how high his best is.
0: Yeah, 100%. And we've seen his running game in Origin. It, but like. 2020. Yeah, twenty twenty. Uh Roy Lewis medal. But that's the thing, like Fitler isn't Fitler knows he's not just some street rat or like he, he's a wannabe Jonathan Thurston or Dan Lockyer. or he, he knows his capabilities. So if that was the reason for dropping Heinz, he's he's a it's a bit how hey, you're doing in my opinion, because Munster's the is the best 5-8 at the moment. Yeah. It's a bit... a
1: bit... how you doing. Yeah, it's a bit how you doing, you know? And also, what makes this funnier for me is that... So, when they picked Hines, they asked, why not go for the Cook and Appy rotation from game three and two? Mm. Um, And he said, oh, two hookers doesn't work for us. Where are we in game two? Two Cook and Robson. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Like, I get it, because if, if Fred Wood doesn't win this series, he's probably not the Blues coach anymore. But it kind of... Like, this could either be glorious. They could go down to... They could come up to Suncorp, and they could win the game, and it could be a blazing Mitch Moses performance. We could see Latrell just absolutely dominate. We could see anything. But the fact... Like, I personally think they should have gone with Damien Cook from the start... The reason, because if they were going to have one hooker, they might as well have made it someone who's played 80 minutes in club every single week. Um,
0: And that game, in Game 1, was designed for Cook. It was designed for his own capabilities.
1: Yeah, and also his defence. I do think that he is the best defensive hooker in the comp. Uh, Not just, like, tackle technique, but also reads... Something we've seen with Appy a lot, I think, is he has missed a lot of tackles or made some kind of questionable reads at times. Um, Look at head the placement technique. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... And that's not a knock on him because the reality is he's still probably the top-tier defenders in the comp. Yeah. Um, but it's more that when you're looking at Damien Cook, you are looking at someone who's an absolutely outstanding defender in the middle. Like yeah. him and Grant, I think one of the best things to watch with those two is just how calm and poised they are in the middle when defending and the technique in which they do it. Because that was something that only stuck out to me when I went to Game 3 last year, because that was my first time watching Harry Grant play in person. And oh my goodness, like it's it's wild. It's I feel like he's got this Carrigan-like presence in terms of how he controls the middle as a defender. Mm. And that in the origin arena is so valuable, especially because if you go back to 2021's dormant a lot of it was because we were getting certain guys caught at marker, and it would mean that those big runs that Latrell, Turbo and all them were doing, look at who's defending at centre on those plays. Because usually it's like Tino or something.
0: I I agree with uh, having Cookie there. I think he should have been there from the start. But yep. by Fitler saying, oh, we don't want two hookers. If you wanted the 14, why didn't you go, Burton? Because I, well, I, that's I, it. I, I think Hitler was afraid of the public out war. If Heinz didn't even get a start, a spot in that night, I
1: agree so much.
0: Hitler didn't have a fucking plan from the start for Heinz, and I feel sorry for the bloke. And you know, I'm not a big. I I have become a Burton. Hmm, I don't want to say hater. I don't hate him.
1: Not, not the biggest Burton believer in the world. I don't believe he is, which is...
0: a a half at all. I, that's, that's my honest opinion, because I think Burton's creativity is so poor, it's laughable. You could call him a seven.
1: It's also just the run and pass selection at times. Like, when he does time his runs, he kind of does it when he runs into three defenders. Or when he times his passes, like, he just... And if you actually watch under-20s origin Matt Burden, it's crazy to see how different a player he's become. So I don't I don't even know what it is, if it's processes or if it's Trent Barrett or if it's a systemic thing, but it's kind of crazy. I think playing centre for that
0: year kind of just fucked him, to be honest with you.
1: Well, it turned him into a line runner, that's for sure.
0: It turned him into um, a line runner, yeah, for cer- certainly.
1: Which, Which he was very good at, admittedly.
0: But, like, when you're a half, like, I think he should have been the perfect 14 to go to that centre position. But when you yeah. are a half, your one-trick play shouldn't just be kicking for your fast ringer. The amount of times they did he did that against Eels on Monday really, like, evaporated all their pressure was, like, horrendous because... It happened so many times, and the Eagles were just able to get on the front foot because of it.
1: Yep. It was... Deja Arce had a fantastic game too. He we?
0: did. And not only that, the core forwards' defense was a bit shocking. And I'm like, this is probably, in my opinion, this is why David Penguin hasn't been picked again, is because of that inside pressure of over running it. And because of it, Moses and Guffer got made to look like fucking gods. They looked like made the second coming of Billy Slater and Cooper Cronk. When in reality, they're nowhere near that.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's a fantastic point about um, the outside pressure. It's because that's like getting pressure from the inside with the props... I think a lot of overlaps happen purely because guys from the inside don't rush out enough because that is when guys having to start jam in from center and that's when your fullbacks need to start blitzing that edge spot, right? Mm. So that's definitely something that, um, and we talk about origin especially, that's an arena where that happens heaps. Because the reality is we're looking at like these are the fastest, best athletes we have in rugby league. Guys yes. who are hitting like 34, 35 kilometer an hour speeds, you can't really give them much space.
0: And like that, the try that Moses scored in the weekend when Tavita Pengai over pressured Moses was just a bit lucky. That was Pengai's fault, and I think everyone, and even Pengai, will say, that's my bad. And, you know, he didn't have a shit game in game one you know he'll be remembered for that offload up until then his offloading ability was amazing he wasn't pressuring. like he wasn't forcing an offload he was doing a he was doing a job
1: he was controlled and measured yeah. which is not really words that you associate with Zebida Pangai junior
0: not at all i don't think i've ever heard him be described like that i personally think going into game 2 Moses will either be found out or Hemmer and Munster will have a shocking defensive game, and Moses, be- but like I know, I, like that is a big what if because I I myself do believe that Hemmer is a good defender, mm. and we have talked about it so much off, like yep. off mic, and we've talked about it with Tunza. Hammer's defensive capabilities are something that is not recognised fully by everyone. And it's it's a bit um funny when he does have a defensive game, and people are like, "Holy shit, he was so good!" It's like, "Yeah, that's Hemmer. That is what he." Yeah,
1: he's with. he's always he's always been like that. So that's, that's his play style, and we see that with there's a few players like um him. Chance, Nickel, Clockstar, uh, Jereem, Buller. I think they kind of play in this similar mold where defense is just their single best aspect.
0: I need to watch a bit more of Buller. It's a bit um, shit because he is a there. Tigers player, so I don't really pay a lot of attention to them. I need to start to.
1: I'll hard. I'll tell you, he's he's special. He um he just he just has it. If that makes he sense, he has that like X yeah, well, not even, like, but he just knows exactly where he needs to be plugging the short side, watching the calm as hell under the high ball, just everywhere he needs to be.
0: From what I, have like, have seen and what I have read and what you've told me, he seems experienced for his age.
1: Very. Basically, just think of CNK, basically. Just think of what Charles Nichol Klockstad does at the defensive line. Uh, you know, how he just...
0: 2019?
1: Hit... 2019 or this year.
0: Okay. I was going to say, that those were a few rough couple of years in between.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, well, when he's when he's healthy. Okay. When he's healthy and ready to be on the field. Because he's him, him, Hammer, Buller, I think all play a similar way. But that said, the ins and outs is what we were talking about. Um We've talked about Burton, Appy... Cleary, Hines, TPJ. Is there anything else we want to add more on New South Wales? Because there is a bit more, like our Robson and all that.
0: Um, I got a few more. I think Robson should start to relieve mm. some of that pressure. Because I I think Cook should be the fourteen because Cookie coming off your bench, he's got fresh legs. If your core cool foot, um, if the Queensland core forwards are tied, he's going to be able to run a mark, manipulate the marker and be able to get on the front foot for New South Wales coming out of their own end. Something that Appy couldn't do in game one. Hmm. Uh, So it'd be a bit interesting to see how that goes. Uh, For me, this is... um, I don't know if I should call it risky, if I should call it a bit... I don't know what I call it, actually. I, I don't know how to describe it. It does sound risky, and this could be the scapegoat that a lot of people will use if they lose Game 2, and that's Murray, Trell, and Liam Martin. They're Mm. not 100% at the moment. According to reports, Murray and Latrell won't be able to fully train until Sunday at the earliest. Whereas Liam Martin, because he had a... uh, protocol one concussion, or category one, he won't be able to train with contact until captain's run next Tuesday.
1: It's wild.
0: Fit Like, that is... I, I think you can definitely say Fitler's a
1: bit... He's towing the line <laughs> in is. terms of, like, how healthy his players are. I which can... is... the, Like...
0: I can see the headlines now post-Queensland win if post-Queensland win that is Fittler fight Fittler should be sacked because of this, this, this and this I think this will be a key indicator I I personally don't know if Billy Slater would do it because I'm, at the end of the day we're two Queensland fans anything that we say against New South Wales may come off as bias I'm okay with that because I would say the exact thing about Queensland, if we were in this situation, as a logical standpoint, would it be the way to put in three of your best players, but they're not 100%? As in the case, a groin injury, a calf injury, and a Category 1.
1: There's... um. There's a reason Billy didn't select Ponga or Cobo. Mm. Like that's... There you go, playing it safe. Yeah, exactly. Like just choosing young players that are healthy and can get the job done. Um, like you look at the lineup, he's just trying to go for people that played the majority. And he, in his interview today, he spoke about Nene and just saying that the reason that he played the 50 he did and also that that was the most energetic Meyer had looked all year was why he picked him, mm. which I agree with, by the way. I thought he came back pretty refreshed, which was good because, like, he's what he's 19, 20, he's our age, he's just come back from World Cup origin finals, shortened preseason. Like, that's his bit, that's a season so busy that veterans struggle with, let alone a dude that is like 19 or 20. So,
0: I hated that I off season for... Like, it was obviously good content as a footy fan, but. As a person looking into that off season, as someone who cares about the well being of their players, it would have been fucking hell. You would have had, if this is if you played finals, you would have had finals, and October, had a month off, gone to the UK, spent a month and a half there, have only a couple of weeks off, and then go back to preseason. By the time you're back. Half the boys are already midway through preseason.
1: You've had zero rest. Yeah. And like, to zero rest.
0: Expect a lot from a 19, 20-year-old is a bit much, and I think people don't look at it logically.
1: Agree completely. And I think that's why the best footy Nene has played all year has come the back of that rest because of suspension. Mm. and it's like it's telling too because the way that the hip drop that he went into which i think was absolutely a hip drop but like knowing maya's play style it was absolutely not intentional it was just so fatigued to the point where proper tackle technique was just not happening oh 100%. so and that's that is a like when we look at the changes that have been made to rugby league with the six against the interchange thing it fatigue does make it dangerous like someone who is really tired is more likely to attempt a poor tackle that ends up in a high tackle or a hip drop or a spear tackle than someone who's fresh.
0: Well, no like, one that's had pretty that ridiculous thing of called a fatigue alert. And like, oh, that
1: was stupid. Do you know what the worst part was? What they measured it at the start of a game. Of course, the start of a game is more intense. Like, that is just... That is like... It's like measuring the ratio of motor to milk at, like, the very bottom of the cup. Like, no shit. It sinks. It's, um...
0: I don't... I remember... I can only remember seeing it at the back end of the game. And I'm like, what the fuck is this little thing? Maybe it was earlier on, because... But, like, it, I just hear this blaring siren. and It goes, four minutes of continuous play.
1: Oh, yeah, that one too. That is so... And I'm like... <laughs> you know, it would be really good if they brought back the scrums for kicks to touch because that way you could actually bring back the strategic kick in for a game. Yeah. Cherry Evans would have an absolute f*** day with that like he used to.
0: Yeah, I remember you saying something about it and I had to remind you that, yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. But I agree. Like, it's the dumbest fucking thing I could imagine possible. Nine are just pulling shit out of their ass at this point because they know Fox League's better.
1: (laughs) Which is, like, a pretty big achievement considering the people we have to listen to on Fox.
0: Hey, hey, look, I actually like Michael Ennis.
1: I I love Ennis too. I like Ennis and I when he's not talking over the bunker, I actually like Blocker because you can always tell Blocker's just having fun. Oh like, I no. remember I, I can't stand there was... Blocker. Sometimes. No, we'll think I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this and I wanna see if this changes your perspective a little. So Warren Smith I think was commentating with him and something had happened and Warren Smith kept talking about the refereeing of something. And then Blocker said, No mate, I don't I don't wanna talk about that. I just wanna talk about how good this player is playing right now. So, for someone employed at like such a high-level media organisation, lives off clickbait to be able to say in the middle of a game, "Oh, I don't really want to talk about any of the refereeing or anything. I just want to talk about the footy." Like to me, that is legendary.
0: That that's that's good form from Blocker. I I respect that. Some of the other stuff he says though is just
1: (laughs) he's got some cooked takes, but he just he loves his footy.
0: Someone made
1: legend of the game.
0: Someone made a TikTok video, and it's like, Blocker's best 17 for New South Wales. And he starts naming people. And like, you know, it's pretty... The back seven is good. Then it gets to the fucking forwards. Blake Laurie, Michael Ennis, himself, (laughs) Hudson Young, Tyson Fitzgerald, Hudson Young, someone else, Isaiah Yo at 13, Tommy Redonikus at 14. And I'm like, the fuck? and I'm like this is so blocker it's not even funny
1: I um, love it that's what I that's what I love about him
0: I look going back to the 9 thing the only thing 9 had themselves going for was fucking Rabs
1: for I what... love Rabs so no much
0: yeah that's the only and, you know Gus Guild's um final world final world I'm gonna miss those Other than that, in my opinion, 9's got fuck all. I'd rather listen to Matty Johns, Cooper Cronk, Michael Ennis, Corey Parker talk about origin, great footy, than Thurston and um, Smith, in my opinion. Because... That's fair. Yeah, I I don't know. I just like those four better. Because they're very strategic... Strategic, and they love their analysis. But
1: that's completely valid. Yeah, that's. I don't think there's too many good analysis, and analysts on um nine, and when they do, they kind of just kind of veer off into other stuff at other times too. Like every now and then, Phil drops some fantastic analysis.
0: Oh, I just can't Um, fucking stand Andrew.
1: Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, no, that's that's completely... Because every John's...
0: fucking five minutes, he goes on about a time that he went to a club and did something sneaky, and I'm like, cunt, <laughs> I do not care. You are the, How the fuck are you the eighth immortal? Because he was good
1: at footy. I don't fucking care. That was care. his job. That was his job.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm going to refrain myself from saying something else, because <laughs> I think you know where this is headed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is gold. I, I, <laughs> I don't should we get I, into the Queensland ins and out.
0: And I'll say this before we go before we go into that. I don't think someone like who talks like that should be in the limelight in front of millions of kids.
1: That's very valid too.
0: Especially in a A sport that has somewhat of a negative stigma at the
1: moment. That's actually a very good point. Actually,
0: I digress. Let's move on.
1: All
0: right, Bremo. Bremo, I I like the idea. Bremo, I like the idea of this because I love it. People will say, "Oh, look, Tommy Dearden. He's not like is Tommy Dearden on the out now?
1: No, no." Peyton asked specifically for them not to name Deden
0: And that is very fair because he's still uh-huh. behind people. And the eighteenth man should be people, should be players whose team has a bye that week. And what do you know? Yeah, definitely Titans have a bye.
1: That's definitely fair. Yeah, no, I um I'm not really thinking about that one too much, because good as it is to get Tommy into camp, it's good to have him playing. Either way, it's good. Um, I was just more disappointed when Peyton tried to get him released from the previous camp. But at the same time, he did give props and say, look, he deserves to be there. Um, what I love, though, is AJ Brimson. His game on the weekend, first one back for injury for ages, did not miss a beat. He played absolutely outstanding kicking game, his playmaking, his defense. He did literally everything you could want from a fullback as electric as him. So for him to come back from that hamstring injury, he was mega focused on recovery. And for him to play the way that he did, absolutely outstanding. Because just briefly running over his stats, obviously he got a try. It was two dropouts. He set up two tries. He broke six tackles. He had a line break. That's like... That's so much impact.
0: It is. And Like
1: that is so much impact I for hope. what he can do as a playmaker too. Like forcing the dropouts, taking fair of the kicking, the trice it was he just kept creating and creating.
0: I think um some of that can go down to him playing five eight for a little bit last year. Or like all of the years. Well he
1: was he was a half in junior.
0: Yeah, that's right. I I like Broomer a lot. He has a he has a high upside, and people, yeah, he's
1: he's amazing. He's one of my favorites.
0: Oh yeah, me too. He he's a great young talent. He's got his head screwed on. He, That's a is, fantastic attitude. Yeah, it's probably why Raheen Bennett selected him in the first game of Origin in twenty twenty.
1: Exactly, uh, and it's, it's why we've we've been able to rely on him, because I say it's. We have two generational fullback prospects, like three of them actually, ahead of him, right? For Queensland, yeah, we've got Walsh, we've got Ponga, and we've got Hammer. But I think that that distracts people from just how good Brimson is.
0: Yeah, I, I would, I would agree. Uh, Queensland has a lot of talent at the moment in that fullback spot. We've we've got the depth in the fullback. I don't know. I think we've got it in the halves in some instances.
1: We've got 5-8 depth um, because, realistically, if Munster goes down, you've got Dearden and, and you've got Brimson. Yeah. Um, half-back depth, kind of, because our next half-back depth is um, Ben Hunt. And then, if you do that, it changes the hooker rotation.
0: Which is yeah. something I'm concerned about within the immediate... Not... I don't know if you'd call it immediate future. Unless DC pops up after Game 3 and says, Oh, this is my last year. Yeah. Because oh, I fucking... Previously, what would have been said is Sam Walker to take the 7 spot. Yeah. That's But he's not
1: injured happening. and... Yeah. Injured and out of favour. Unless... And even then, if that happens... You have to ask yourself if that's what you want. I, I personally think that the next in line. This sounds a bit dire, but I do think that the next halfbacks in line are either Jamal Fogarty or Tenor Boyd. and that's that's assuming that we don't run with Deirdre at seven.
0: Yeah, very true.
1: Which is which is kind of crazy because if you look at New South Wales half depth. They're like, oh, no, do we go with Mitch Moses or the reigning Dallier medalist? Or... Oh, no, we might have to go with Adam Reynolds. Oh, no, it's like, come on, you've got all the top halfbacks in the game.
0: you got, like, the f- <laughs> fucking five best halfbacks at the moment, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, whereas, we're, okay, whereas
1: we're, we're all sitting Four down thinking, five. oh, my God, we're probably going to see Tanner Boyd wearing the halfback jersey when Ben Hunt retires. So, hopefully, uh, Dearden gets some reps in at seven. Fuck and we need um, some Tom Duffy game time like now. We, we do we we we're gonna have to tell Duffy to move back to six because um, Billy's calling. He wants Deirdre at halfback. Um, but yeah, seriously, AJ Brimson. I am absolutely praised for him. Uh, he's he prefers playing in fullback because he spoke on a bloke with Cam Smith and Denon talking about how the plan at the Titans was either he or Jaden moves to 5'8". Uh, mm-hmm. But he prefers playing fullback. Based on that weekend, you kind of see that Jaden 6 and AJ 1 seems to be the plan. And considering how the Titans played, I think that's pretty good. Also, uh, Campbell only missed a few tackles as well. I think they had three misses. So, oh, uh, defended much better. Defended much better than a lot of people he would in the.
0: I, I like Kieran Ford obviously going to be that primary 6 for the next two years until he retires. Which, to be honest, this might be his last contract. Yeah. Potentially. I'm not going to throw that out there saying this is. It's potentially. Because nothing's ever certain in the NRL. Unless Chad Townsend moving to Sydney. That's certain. Um, <laughs> Remember when Chad was in Orton camp last year?
1: Yes, I still have the Chad Townsend Blues photo.
0: I... I'm going to make a post on that. If, uh, it's so good. If Queensland lose game two, uh, win game two, it's being released. Actually, I've, I've already got something planned if Queensland win. I've got oh a lot of things goodness. planned.
1: What are you scheming?
0: Um, I'll, I'm going to send the video to you now. I'm, I'm not video, the, part, the uh, picture. It's pretty good form, to be honest. I, I, I rate it. But I rate a lot of shit. Uh, post win drinks. Uh, come on, send. There you go. Here we go. Don't, don't say what it is.
1: <laughs> That's outstanding.
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: I love that photo so much, too. Like, that saw- is just... I saw Where tweet. is it from? Can you oh, DM me where it's from? Is I, it like a recent thing?
0: I don't know. I think it's from the looks of his dumbass head on the right, it looks like it's 2020s post grand final.
1: Yeah, that could definitely be it. The <laughs> <laughs> funniest photo ever. <laughs> I love this photo so much. I'm going to have to like, make that my Instagram profile picture if we.
0: It, it's going to be good form. Um,. Fuck! All right, let's talk about Queensland now. So, let, let's uh, talk about it, Cozy. What what do you got? You uh, were very vocal beforehand about this before we started recording. What's your, what's your thoughts on Xavier Coates coming into combo's spot?
1: Ah, uh, look, I. <laughs> Part of me would rather have Corey Oates, but watching Corey on the weekend and also knowing that Billy did not want to pick people who haven't played much footy recently because Corey's had two injuries. He's had a jaw and then he had something else after that. And he only just returned to a couple. Um, Oates also made a few defensive reads where, uh, far north would jam in not saying whether far worse jams were correct or, but Oates wouldn't follow. And that left Gagai open a few times. Um, So, if that happens in origin, the person that you leave open is none other than Tom Trubojevic. Oh, fuck. So, actually, no. If he's playing right wing, even though he usually plays left in club, um, that would be... Yes, that would be Luttrell. So, you probably don't want to risk that. Um, Not that Xavier Coates is like an elite defender or anything, but at the very least, he's had the benefit of playing in the majority of games this season. Uh, he well, does have that occasional his... error.
0: He's up against Fox, right?
1: Yeah, which I think is okay. I would rather him be against Fox than Toho.
0: I agree, because Toho can just fucking bulldoze cunts.
1: Exactly. He does it to anyone. So if we're going to have Tolongi on anyone, it needs to be him because he is the bigger body. Um, this is where I really liked Kobo, uh because obviously Kobo, he's, apparently he's like 6'4", or something stupid, and obviously weighs like 100 kilos or something stupid. He, he's massive, I mean, right? He just
0: double my weight and nearly double he my height. Yeah,
1: weight. he is enormous. So that's what I love about Cobo, and he's also just he's got such a great footy brain to make certain decisions. His defensive reads in Game 1 were actually my favourite part of his game. Not only um, that... Obviously, he had that insane finish on one of the tries while well set up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I laughed at that. Cuz Lui got bitched. Um what yeah. I love about Kobo is him coming off a kick return. He, he oh he's so much direct like Kobo, with his hit-ups. Yeah, much like Toho, he can bulldoze people
1: uh, and he, he's hard to handle. Yeah. He's huge.
0: The hips, man, the hips. But what I also like so Coates is a good finisher. What I like about Coates here is up in the air. He can be very solid Mm. in the air. He has an occasional error. Although he has played Origin before, he's done a job. He knows what this arena is like. He knows the brutality. He's not going to shy away from it. He's got the best center on his out inside. He's got the best Queensland halfback. Mm. He's also got uh, Jeremiah Nene. Yeah, Nene is going to be age.
1: awesome. Yeah, well, Nana I don't think his defense has been outstanding this year, but he has also had to defend with Chad Townsend, Petahiku and Kyle Felt. So I can I can cut him a lot of slack for that. Um, I also think that if if there's anything, yeah,
0: I'd just say this now to get it out of the way. I never thought I would see Carl felt drop from the Cowboys.
1: Neither, but I also never thought I would see Semi Valame get a hat trick against the Storm.
0: Well, you can fake me for that, mate.
1: Yeah, I kind of just did not see that ever happening in my life. I, Add down
0: to Ricky Stewart.
1: Just <laughs> yeah, no, well, Ricky something something just on a side note, something I loved about Ricky is he actually put out this really lovely um like release talking about how great um Valame is as a person when he left the club. And something I love is cuz it does show how much Ricky cares and that like some of the personal relationships he has with players. Yeah. So, I thought that that was it was a really cute thing. Um and I hope the Cowboys do take good care of Semi.
0: Don't diss my boy Sticky ever again, lads, alright?
1: <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's like... What is it? The... So yeah, with Nane, obviously, he played his best footy that he's done all year on the weekend. But a few things that I do want to add. So he's one of the reigning Australia second rowers. Um, him in Game 3 last year was actually outstanding. His offloads he... and... His, I've talked about this so many times, but my favorite thing is his footwork as he hits them. He is such a crafty second row. And because some second rowers, right, like you look at Dave, they kind of just use brute force, right? And like that Gordon Teller style. Um, but you take a look at Nane, and that thing that he does where he just like has these small steps and jinx to get himself open, and he can either offload or he can get a quick play the ball. That is such a weapon, and when you have Daily Cherry Evans, arguably be best half in blocking that—that's special.
0: I hundred percent agree. Like, a lo- watching a lot of youngsters come through, and I get prime territory for this, I must say. Is something that usually occurs is they don't have that footwork. They lead into tackles very poorly. It's something Nenai doesn't do. Which I'm very thankful for because... It actually irritates me. It's like, fuck me, you're a big body. Just run. Please run. It's something that David Fafita did for the longest time. He just ran sideways, or laterally. And I'm like... Bro, you're like the biggest second row in the comp. Just fucking run at the half. You'll do wonders by doing that. I... Looking at this edge, it's going to be a very fast-paced edge. Fast play the ball from your second rower. Great cut-out balls from your half. But you also got Holmesy and you've got Coates who can rip down a sideline very quickly. You give Holmesy space for a step, he'll take it. He'll take every inch of you. And if Xavier in support, it could be bye-bye Teddy, you know?
1: Yeah, no, well, that's... Because um, Coates, he does provide a lot of attacking options. Uh, I think my kind of concern would be his carries out of the back end, especially because he is paired in a back line that does have Hammer. But I actually thought Hammer's carries were better than they've been before. Um, so it'll be really fascinating to see how it goes. Because oh, in that, that same vein... In that same vein... Uh, Blues are also carrying Turbo and Josh Adakar, who their carries are probably on a similar tier to them, to be honest. So it'll be fascinating to see how it goes. Um, yes. With yeah. those
0: two, they, like, they are great footballers when they get open space. But when they are taking hit-ups, they twist their body around a lot, and that can be a headache for defenders because you'd never know if you could get a penalty for an accidental crusher when it is the ball carrier's fault, P- point in case Foxy in game one. Hmm. With Whereas... Coats, I think it's the same issue. He's not a hev- a, a heavy body, and it's something that he's also. in we'll miss just... out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Cobo is absolutely, like, he's huge. Not only just a like, big out, but also, like, he's literally huge. Like, he's a massive guy. Um, so it, like don't don't let his cute young face distract you from that. He is ferocious. If that man had the face of Justin Hodges, we'd be talking about him as the scariest person in rugby league. Um, <laughs> at least for an outside back. So he is he is massive. I mean, a man. And man Hammer monster. is the same oh dude, win a manly man you. Cobo You've got you no idea. One. You've got no idea what that man was doing. Um, I don't know if you've seen the 2006 prelim Broncos and Bulldogs Justin Hodges at fullback where he like he, that man had no ball playing his entire game plan was just smashed through the middle <laughs> that's what it was like watching Cobo but the best part is it worked because he Luis. was just a beast Deleuze but Horder. yeah it's it's what's that? Deloise Deloise Hoarder oh love Della. Yeah, he's nah I I, I I'm not going to go on for ages about Della because I know that I will um, well, he, <laughs> he's, he's oh, one of my favourite players at goals at the moment I'll mention but, this yeah, and um, we'll
0: move on from him fuck he's funny I watched him live at the Winham vs Blackhawks game I was sitting on the yeah. sideline holy fuck he's a funny bloke
1: he goes. <laughs> he really is what was he saying up there
0: well he got, he just he did a double take you know what that is
1: yeah, like when he, oh, like a footy turn.
0: No, 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 as in, like, you look at someone, like, look back again, seeing if you know the person. He did that yeah. to a bloke in the crowd, and he goes, What are you doing here? He goes, Come and I watch you. I'm like, The fuck? It, it must have been one of his old mates from high school. Business. Yeah,
1: probably. No, well, um, Della, he used to play for the Blackhawks. There you go. Yeah. So that <laughs> no nah, he's he's awesome. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story cuz obviously working QRLs is an entertained official. He got sin binned once, so we sin binned him obviously. Uh this was against um it would have been South Logan, I think, or something. And he's on the sin bin and he's yelling out to his team trying to coach, saying like, "Guys, the halves and the centers switch in defense," like things like that. <laughs> and it was so funny watching this guy try and coach his team from the sideline. And that's what he's always like on field too. Like any game with De in it, he is always the loudest dude from center. And he's constantly trying to yell out what attacking shape is happening. He's leading his team around in scrums. He is just, he is awesome. Seriously. He's like, if you could choose any dude to have in your Q Cup team, it'd have to be him. Or Darius Farmer, he's a bit similar. And he's also a great bloke from the sideline.
0: I hope um, he takes over Herbie next year.
1: I hope he does, but I don't think he will. I think that they showed that it's going to be Dean Mariner. That's They're going to move too. Cobo to centre. Cobo centre will be oh, pretty fast.
0: Early ball, Cobo.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: Who do you give early ball to? <laughs> stags or fucking Cobo?
1: Cobo, dude. Dude, it's Cobo. <laughs> I know that people love Stags, but seriously, no idea what we've seen with Cobo yet. Like, people. They're only gonna find out over the next few years just how to strike a runner here.
0: He's bagger us, us on every bloke on the field.
1: Oh, he's gone. He's he's bigger than a lot of props. That's the thing. Oh yeah. It's massive. Big body.
0: Um, moving on. Now this is something that he's
1: happens. He's also the fastest guy at the Broncos. Oh, is he? Other than other than Dean Mariner, he's one of the fastest. Yeah, right. So remember how fast he is considering how huge he is.
0: I will put that in the count. Moving on, got a little bit of a controversial thing. I wish I could get the video up right now, but should Tino be free to play? It's, It's a toughie, isn't it?
1: It is. I think there's... I have a few... I have a few ways to go about that one. So... First and foremost, it's kind of... He kind of leads with his elbows, but it's, like, not in a way that many, many other players don't, like... He looks like he's Weber... bracing
0: for impact to, sh- like... You yeah, know, yeah. When you just put your elbows up to, like,
1: you know... Exactly. And people will raise the point. Like, honestly, I did think that the Reed Marnie was worse because I think that this current one... Also taking into account, like, Apicorosia's height and his head placement, too. Yeah. Um, Because, that is some, yeah. That is something
0: that I mentioned. It was
1: directly on his chest. And you're going to know more about tackle technique than me, but I don't think that's where your head should be when you're making a tackle someone uh, as big as Tino.
0: No, it, it shouldn't. And in that regard, he should have been receiving help from his... Core forward, in my opinion, hmm. I don't think there's malicious intent. I think it's just big guy on little guy.
1: I would, I agree with that one.
0: In any instance, I think Appy loses that tackle either way. I think yeah, what it's... Appy should have been going for is the hips, whereas his core would have been going for, you know, his shoulders. Uh, But either way, I think Appy ends up on the ground either with Tina making a fast play of a ball or Appy knocked the fuck out, which the second that happened in this bait. I don't think you go in there saying that's malicious intent. In my opinion, this entire circus has been up, like, been... Out proportion because of origin. Would you? Yeah, agree? it's. Yeah. I don't
1: think that I. Obviously, the MRC didn't charge him or suspend him. They thought it was fine. I'm okay with that. Like it. It doesn't mean. It's not to diminish. That. Like. Appy is hurt, and that's very sad.
0: Hundred oh, percent.
1: Because you never want to see you never want to see guys rule out of Origin games. I think that's the one thing that's about this game, Origin 2, is because um, just the, the amount of injuries there are. There's so many.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of scapegoats, and we'll mention another injury soon. I... In those kind of situations, I think there is a border between intent and not, not like no intent at all. I think that was a non-intent... Hmm. Instance, there has been others where Marnie was worse. If if you had if he had raised his elbows up, you know, past forty five degrees, then that's a very big issue, and that's intent. In this instance, I'm glad Tino didn't get a suspension, not because I'm a Queensland fan, but because of a standpoint where I believe shit happens. You shouldn't suspend or, you know, um, get someone in trouble because of someone has been injured. In circumstances that can be applied, for instance, a hip drop, a hip drop is a very dangerous tackle and people know the ramifications of it. Hmm. In other circumstances, you know how many people would be suspended at the moment if someone did get hurt you know if someone did their acl because they were twisted in a tackle because they or they lost their footing are we going to suspend a person because of that i don't think so yeah
1: it's i if we were going to start using injuries depending on how people are punished i don't really like that the reason being because you can have something like just the world's dirtiest tackle and it doesn't really injure someone that much but you can also have completely innocuous things that cause horrible injuries Mm. and that's like that's just the nature of it not everyone has actually like gotten injured from purely foul play and this is what i don't like about some hia rules like when someone will say something like, oh, um, he's concussed, therefore there must be foul play. Or when there's foul play and a player gets up and they're like, oh, if he's so fine, why was it still a penalty? Well, because it's not allowed. Like if yeah. you shoulder charge a guy in the head and they're still alive afterwards, that doesn't change the fact you just shoulder charge a guy in the head. I think there was so that it's... game
0: a couple of years ago. With, I think it was actually... I think I remember it. Gold Coast first roosters. Joey Martin just got fucking racked in the head. And he got up straight away. And the referee goes, nah, he's fine, he's fine. He got up straight away. That's not the point of that rule. And it's the same thing. We shouldn't just be given penalties away because that bloke's hurt. If it's head high or not, if it's head high, it should be a penalty regardless. Hmm. but you know uh, accidents do happen and I think we just need to move on
1: pretty much Um. yeah
0: and I, I don't think yeah. we would have seen Braith and Asta's. I don't want to call it a spiel because that's just being antagonising but I, I, I see where Braith is coming from in that instance you know it is a bit heated in this regard but would he be having the same standpoint if it was the opposite. If it was Junior Barlow on um, Ben Hunt, you know?
1: But... Yeah, well, I think it would just be, if that's what happens, I think people would probably rightfully understand that Barlow is a really big guy. But also, Barlow doesn't really have the same fo- with like because obviously Tino just did it to Marnie a few weeks ago. Yeah. Which I think is kind of just unlucky. And the, it's not I'm not saying it's unlucky because it's like got nothing to do with where the arm is. I'm just saying it was funny that it him both times. Cause so many people lead with the arms when they're taking hit ups.
0: Yeah. Bit unfortunate. Um moving on though, we now have well, here we go. This We were talking about just injuries. Uh, Tom Gilbert, I think he's going to be a very big loss for this side.
1: What? Probably as big as it gets.
0: Yeah. Uh, and we're not, you know... Yes, he didn't have a gigantic impact on the field, as some would call it. I, I think he did. He only played 20 minutes, but that 20 minutes was uh, some of the best Queensland footy I've seen from a player. And that's just because of the energy he brought. You know, we all know Tommy Gilbert is a mentality player. He gets in people's faces. He cares about his teammates. He loves this game. And he's going to bring his 100% every time he answers that, puts on a jumper, whether it's Dolphins, Cowboys, or uh, Maroons. He's going to bring the energy. And uh, he steps up and You
1: could Seriously, dude, you could throw him in at the fucking Rooty Hill RSL vet treat it like it's the game of his career. Put him in like put, him in, just,
0: put him in put him in Miniman like oh, dude,
1: put him anyway, he's just that's that's just what Tom Gilbert is. Um so yeah, it's really sad to not see him play. I do think that he is like I know it's such a cliche to say built for origin. Like, but I genuinely think he is that.
0: Yeah. And Build for Origin isn't just how tough you are. It's the mentality you bring.
1: Yes. Build for Origin is not the dude who fends someone into Oblivion, Katoni, Stag style. It's like a dude that makes tackles that he really should not.
0: Yeah. It's lifting not only yourself, but your entire team. Just trying to go back to... Yes, here it is. Uh okay. Uh, so, it was the glenohumeral joint cavity that he has injured. Uh, for those who don't know, because you don't know the lingo, glenohumeral joint, it's basically just your shoulder joint. Um, Obviously, that's known. However, the capsule is actually on your uh, shoulder blade. Hmm. So it's when your upper arm, your humerus, connects to your uh, shoulder blade, and then you have a bunch of ligaments and tendons surrounding that area, and that's called your glenohumeral joint uh, capsule. And then that cavity is your shoulder joint. Is your sh- yeah your shoulder joint.
1: So yeah, geez, there's a lot of technical stuff there.
0: Yeah, the the shoulder is something that is very not ambiguous. It's it's very technical. It's got a lot of shit there working, like you you have stuff with your sternum, your collarbone, uh, everything like you know the amount of muscles that help move your shoulder is immense. Like fuck, like your pec helps move your shoulder. Your tra- all your traps move your shoulder. Your back moves your shoulder.
1: And it's obviously that'll be one of the main things that you have in tackle contact. But what's even more bizarre is that when Tom Gilbert did this he went back into the defensive line and he tried to make another tackle with his other shoulder.
0: He's tough as fucking nails. Um, oh he's a fucking man. This is what we talk
1: about. <laughs> talk about when we say stupid shit like Queensland gets origin like that is one of the it's so <laughs> it's so like self endangering that it's stupid but those are just the efforts that we kind of live by and, You so... know,
0: people call it dribble yeah. but you know it, it can be dribble like you put a bit of mayo on the story but fuck you can't deny it like you could make fun of it all you want but at the end of the day once you watch an origin game and you see that kind of stuff, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, you wouldn't see many Blues players doing that. You know, there there has been that few. Uh, the Morris... I, I, I'm i sorry, I can't forget which Morris twin did it, but one of the Morris's did it. In yeah,
1: I know Brett Morris definitely did something.
0: ACL. He defended an entire set with a busted ACL. He tracked down <laughs> yes. uh, Greg Inglis.
1: He was I, I remember ACL. that and, that is f- and he fucking tremendous. busted his shoulder on a try. Yep. He's yeah, no, the the um nah, it's the Morris brothers, I love them so much. Um great. They were they yeah, they well they just, they understood what it took to be winners, to play good footy, and yeah, they're outstanding. Um that no, we've still got some more ins and outs to discuss. Um Corey Horsburgh is that's an interesting one to me.
0: What's the go before, like, so Corey's replacing Roushie, Christian Rolsh. Yeah. I wonder yeah. what um the go is with that. Is it?
1: I I am kind of like I'm gonna say it. I think A Week has been better than Horsburgh this year. Really. Yeah. I really do. And wow. I know that that sounds absolutely absurd because everyone loves Big Red, right? But, and these are, there are a few moments that really kind of got me here because they're, they're different kinds of players too. Um, now, Foto do you know he's actually played over 60 minutes?
0: Each game on
1: average. Eight. Game. He's played over 60 minutes in a game eight times this year. Fucking hell. And that's, we talk about Corey Horsburgh's work rate playing 70 or playing 80 on the edge, but this is a guy just outright playing 70 at prop that's several times this levels. year. That is, that exactly is pain levels. And when he's doing it, he's having these games where he's making around 40 tackles, high 30s, which is really impressive. And he's doing that while he's taking about 20 carries. Now, obviously, we can get into his run meters too. We know how massive he is and how effective he is. But also, he's got an offload. You know, against the Cowboys, early, see he offloaded four times. Twice against the Storm, who are a notoriously hard team to get second phase play against, and they won that game. Um, So that is like, acre he's really gone under the radar. And something that Billy says is that no one watches Queensland he does, and I believe it, because he's averaged 12 hit-ups a game. Uh, he's broken at least two tackles each game. His, his post-contact meters are ridiculous. Um, let me just find how many... Yeah, he's got an average of 54 post-contact meters a game. Wow. <laughs> Which is about 54 divided by 12. Let's see. Let's see. So, per hit-up... He has four and a half post-contact meters, and he does all of this while still finding his front and getting a quick play the ball. Because post-contact meters mean nothing if you just get put back and the defensive line resets. This is what we've learned with Regan Campbell-Gillard. One of the things that Penrith did to contain him at the grand final is that they literally let him take that extra step, and they just put him on the back like he's a turtle trying to get up. Um, but Fodawaker, he does all of this while finding his front. So... Now that I've read out those stats, do you understand the case for Fodder a bit more there?
0: I, I do, 100%. Do
1: yeah, it. because, and it's funny because there's so much like narrative on Horsebra, and that makes sense because Horsebra is a great player. But people have slept on just how ridiculously good Fodder has been. Like he has genuinely been on the same level as Tino this year, if not better, to be honest. I, so, yeah. which is a big take, but statistically it checks out. He's playing way better than when he last got selected in 2021 as well. So genuinely, I think that game two, he's going to absolutely tear in. He's an absolutely huge body too. So very similar to Fafida, but can you imagine him coming off the bench? Like with all the stats I've just read about the things he's good at with his offload. He can make tackles. If someone gets injured, he can play big minutes. He, I think he's going to be huge for us, especially because. Starting with Colin and Tino, you sub them off, you get Ford Awaker, Cotta or Flegler in. I just I think that's gonna be ridiculously good.
0: That's a fucking hard hitting bench. That's a workhorse bench. I wonder Sorry. Because Payne only played thirty one minutes in game one, which is fucking unbelievable still, bench rotation is shocking. Um, what does that just cause more impact with Fodoreca coming on? Like, are they about to get steamrolled if he comes on as well and Payne Haas is off?
1: Yeah, well, that's. I think that the um the Blues bench here is actually pretty decent. I think Liam Martin's obviously a great player, uh, but I really rate Stefano. I think that Stefano Utuwikanu is one of the better props in the. NRL, uh, it's kind of crazy to think about how good the Eels would be if they managed to keep him. Um, but Stefano, he's 23. This is his first season where he's kind of properly getting some consistent game time. Because yeah. he, so his first proper season where he played was 2021 for the Tigers, where he only played 21 games, right? Mm-hmm. So 21 games, six tries, 18 offloads. Uh, he just, he was playing good. And then last year, he's only played nine games, and he got injured, and they missed him. Like, they missed him a lot. Now, he's come back into their team this year. They've signed Clemmer. They've brought in Ice, and they've brought in Bateman. But I think it's him and Clemmer who were the key to the Tigers' forward pack. And earlier in the season, there was some stats analysis that showed that the Tigers, I think it was second best in the NRL field position. Second best. We're talking elite forward pack. And it's purely off the back of the rejuvenation of Klemmer, mm-hmm. where he's starting to get these quicker play-the-balls become all-around prop than just like a run-meters-centric guy. And now they've got a healthy Stefano. And for Stefano, you know, he's um, just 13 games. He's averaging about 11 hit-ups, which not, I don't know how... I don't really rate that stat that much once it gets too high because it's just like when Regan Campbell-Gillard takes like a 1,000 hit-ups every game and it just makes his run-meter stats look amazing. Yeah. But Stefano, he just... He's a big tackler when he needs to be too. Um, Earlier in the season against Knights and Bulldogs, he made 40 tackles back-to-back in both of those games. Oh, wow! So, yeah, and mind you, that's 40 tackles in 58 minutes the first time, then 40. so, that second game, he probably, he came pretty close to making a tackle a minute. Yeah, right. Wow. Um, he doesn't really play huge minutes the way Fort Awaker does. So, I do think... I personally think Queensland have the better bench. Um, purely because having caught his leg speed coming up and also just because of how good Fort awake is. But, yeah.
0: You can't, like... I I know you're not, but... Liam <laughs> Martin being in that team just scares me. I oh, damn. Same.
1: It. Same, Hit. no. Well, Liam Martin's a fantastic player, and Luai has, like, Luai knows he can trust him on those line runs, even if they play on opposite sides. He because like, I really rate, I rate Liam Martin. Like, I really, really rate Liam Martin. There's so many people who are talking about his club form. Oh, he hasn't played that much. I don't care. He's <laughs> he knows how to run, Hit. and sometimes it's genuinely as simple as that.
0: I watched, uh, I read and watched something where people were given... It was, I think it was News Corp someone from News Corp said the ratings of the Blues in game 1 they gave Luai a 6.5 which I highly disagree with I think he was better than a 6.5 I, I in my honest opinion when Payne was on the field Luai Liam Martin and Toho best players for the Blues in game 1
1: yeah, I actually thought I played good, personally.
0: He, he was the better half that game.
1: He was, yeah, because I thought Cleary kind of got really stifled, a lot of different points, didn't really know if he was going to keep it flowing quickly. And I think it's just because Origin is a completely different style of game.
0: He was very clunky.
1: This is, yeah, and this is this is the weirdest thing, but it's like Nathan Cleary is objectively the best halfback in the NRL. Um, it's, and it's hard to argue against that because what we've got two premierships, uh, we did have an origin series win in 2021, even though I kind of count that as a bit of a joke win because they played against a full pack of Francis Molo, uh, and Joe off and Gowie who are close to origin. But anyways, uh, rambling aside, Queensland vice, um, yeah, I do think he's the best halfback in the comp. But simultaneously, is he the best New South Wales halfback? Which is such a stupid thing to say. Look, But if, if you think about it more, like, what happens if Moses goes out there and kills it? Because I actually kind of think that it is a possibility.
0: I, I'm looking at it like... You know my I stance think... on Moses.
1: I know. But I have a similar stance on Moses. But, like, I've I've watched him for a bit. I know what he can do as a footy player. And the thing is, I think that Penrith and the club combinations at origin level, they Definitely. should probably be trying to get, yeah, they should probably try and get further away from them. Because I know lots of people say, oh, but what about Smith and Slater? But they weren't, no one even thought of their club combinations when selecting them. They just got selected because they were the best players there. That's why they had um, Slater, Lockyer, Thurston, and Smith. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's generally just picking the best players that are there. Whereas for New South Wales, there was a point when Luai definitely was the best option in 2021. Um, I think if you come off the back of that Luai 2020 season where he burst off the scene and was just racking up these try assists, and then in 2021 he did a similar thing, and he went on to win the Comp 2. Um, I think that makes sense in 2021. In 2022, they came off a series win and it made sense. I don't think it made sense this year. And that's the problem.
0: Yeah. And he showed people up again.
1: He did show people up. I thought that he did play well, but that puts you in even more position. Because, like, realistically, Cody Walker, like... I get there's, there's so many narratives about Cody Walker, but I'm going to be completely honest. I don't even think he's in the top 50 great players in the NRA.
0: Oh, right. Okay.
1: Because, like, think about it. Um, we look at every now and then, he kind of has his reputation as getting tilted. But if you actually look at it, like the last game that they played against Penrith, where they won, and it was purely because of a Cody Walker clutch time play down the short side. And they tried to tilt him, he did get a little mad, but even despite that, he still came back and won them the game, Mm. which I think vaguely puts to myth that idea that tilting him automatically gets you a win. Um, Also, you have to look into account the deep finals runs that Souths has had without their primary fullbacks. Uh, They made the grand final without Latrell Mitchell, and the reason they did that was because all of their playmaking was on the shoulders of Cody Walker. So big games like the prelim, like games before that, and then you look at their other finals runs where it was Corey Allen at fullback, and a lot of it came off the back of Cody Walker. So obviously that's a bit of a tangent, but I just wanted to say that as my piece of a lot of the discussion about Cody Walker and why people he shouldn't be picked, whereas I think that he is the second best five eighth in the comp right now, behind Cameron Munster, and I actually think that New South Wales are crazy for trying again.
0: I... I see where you are coming from, but I think that goes against our point that we made earlier, where we shouldn't be swapping the Spine mid-season.
1: I agree. I don't think they should have changed it now, but I think that this is before Origin started. I think in Game yeah. 1, they should have trotted out Cleary and walk Yeah. And that's like... Purely just because I think that he's been the best 5'8 this year. He's been one of the best for the past few years.
0: Yeah, I, I, I definitely see that. I think 2021 Walker, uh, I think he broke the all-time tries record. Yep. So, he, he's got there. Uh, had a pretty slow start to his season yet again. But that's... Not this year, though. No. Uh...
1: He's actually, he's got about 18 tries so far. Dude, close to him was like 13 or 14.
0: Oh, I I meant as in start of the season, like the first couple of rounds. If you know what I mean. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Maybe like the first two rounds, but he's been he's been really good so far.
0: Yeah, I know last year he had a very slow start to his standards. Um, I remember making a post about it, but it, he's back in full flight. Um. Interested to see where this game goes, because I think, honestly, it could go either way.
1: I I think it could too. I am not even slightly surprised if Moses goes out there and puts on a Masterclass. So, yeah.
0: I think before Game 1, you said New South Wales win. That's what I was thinking. I was a bit nervous. Uh... After that, I got a little confident, but you know, you can only use so much fairy dust.
1: Mm.
0: I personally think that we can do it. This game, I have a lot of confidence that that bench. Fatawaka,
1: Waker and Fafita. Imagine that platform from Waker and Fafita, knowing that you've got bloody Reese Walsh and Cam monster outside. I'm excited. I am. I'm excited for it. If we win, I'll be crying tears of joy because I absolutely love this team.
0: Look, it, next week could be the best week of my life. Well, not not that. That was Confro Week last year. We all know how good Confro was. <laughs> Confro uh, Week. Great memories. Great memories. Um, no, I, I think next week could be a very good week if you are one of us because what have we got? We, I've Canberra have oh fuck we got oh we got roosters. Cows have rabidos. Both away games, and then we have good old both both Origin games. Uh, I'm going to a female one.
1: Oh hell yeah, that'll be so good.
0: And on Saturday night, we've got a triple date Transformers. Ooh, New Transformers. What welcome. a week. It's going what to be a, a week. good week next week, all right? So, strap yourselves in because uh, the following episode, that episode following that weekend, I could either be very depressed or very energetic.
1: Look, yeah, it's high stakes.
0: Very high stakes. Um, But with that, do you have anything else to add?
1: Um... Google Ash Taylor Highlights. Oh, God. I think everyone should Google Ash Taylor Highlights. I think it is a tragedy he had to retire due to injury and personal issues because his short kicking game is an absolute work of art.
0: That was a a bit out of the blue for some people who don't know, but we were discussing him earlier uh, before we started recording. Um,
1: He is. He is magnificent. Him and Clifford are my two big what ifs. They they could have been anything.
0: That's very fair. Anything. Very fair. Um, can't wait to watch the Walker Bros against Blackhawks this weekend.
1: The, it won't be the Walker Bros. Then they're not at um they're not at Ipswich anymore. Oh, fuck. Yeah no well if. Fun fact about the Ipswich Jets are uh, five times they have conceded 50 points and four times they have conceded 40 points. At one point, they conceded 50 for three weeks in a row. And to make matters worse, uh, Maniah Cherrington, who was playing there, left to go to the Tigers. So they're losing players, and that's off the back of being flogged by like 50 points. So, yeah. Unlucky. It's not great.
0: Take the L. Upper Blackhawks, Upper Black Duffy, Hawks. Uh, and with Duffy, that, Jacob, what do we
1: love? Ash Taylor.
0: Oh, I was going to say, we love our footy. We love <laughs> we our, love
1: our footy. footy, yeah. Have a good <laughs> I one.
0: wanted to get that in there.